Um, anyway, but I feel like I got a puke. Don't start the day like this, Nielsen. Hold on. Is that a little? Oh my god. Let me just see if I can stretch it out. I'm just going to say lick the toilet seat while you're there. Lick the toilet seat? Yeah. Why would I? Because that's what you get for inhaling a bagel <laughs> like you think you can just eat bread. <laughs> oh, God. It's so... There's so much right here. I'm going to make it mad. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's episode 46. What show is this? I'm sorry, what the podcast? I'm sorry, I forgot what? to say that. I'm sorry, sorry what? what? I'm Christina. I'm Amanda. That's Amanda. That's Christina. And here we are. And it's, we're all officially a week in to 2020. 2020. Did you get your flapper dresses? Um, no. I How about you men? Do you have your zoot suits? Are you ready? I'm not talking to you, bitch. I know you're wearing sweatpants. I'm talking about the people that are listening. I'm wearing leggings. Nice try, but also... You're wearing a sweatshirt. The last... So close enough. The last episode. I feel like that is not right. <laughs> you're, wearing swe- you're wearing a sweatshirt, so it's close enough. <laughs> huh? <laughs> that's not the same. No, that's not. You can't wear your sweatshirt on your pants. All right. What? We should just get into this, yeah. huh? huh? We probably should. Well, I'm actually in the middle of in an argument with, I think it's one of, yeah, he's, he listens to us on Facebook right now about Paw Patrol. He made a post okay. that he thinks the mayor of Paw Patrol should probably be the mayor of his town and then lists all the reasons why. And I'm like, how about not? The fact that she carries a chicken around in her purse true. fucking loses it. A majority of episodes, it's, like, always, like, about to die. I mean, to be fair, the chicken's a little hoo-hoo. It kind of just, like, walks off. Right. But in almost every episode, the chicken almost dies. Um, And then she calls on a little homeless boy that lives in a tower with a bunch of stray fucking dogs to save the day. Every day. Also, the fact that you said he's- Where the fuck are his parents? The fact that you said he's a homeless boy living in a tower makes him not homeless. Fine. I mean, a little orphan boy. There you go. I'm like- First of all, what is she doing with the orphan population in her town? Just letting them live in towers with stray dogs? That makes no sense. You have a shitty mayor. This is a lady with a chicken. I feel like it just makes sense. (laughs) Where are that kid's parents? Everybody else in that town is an adult except for like one other person. And the weird friend he has that has the snow dog up in the mountains or whatever. It's fucking weird. I don't even watch Paw Patrol. I don't even have kids. I don't know, man. I'm just, it's something that keeps me up at night. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like you're really upset about it. This is like a change your day kind of thing. It's not your town that he wants to be the mayor of. Just gonna say that. It's just a stupid statement. I'm sorry. It's just dumb. You're dumb. Oi vey. How, uh, how you doing? Good. Good. Sweet. It's good. Awesome. Been working. That's about it. No. A little, lot of working. If you Ralph again, we're fighting. <laughs> I think that, I hope that picked up in the microphone because that was like just from within. And you I were, didn't even have my mouth open. I'm just saying, if you're talking, an ejectile. I'm not going to. You mean projectile? No, I need. I mean eject. You're ejecting your food <laughs> from your you mouth. I think you mean projectile. I know, but it's fine. <laughs> Either way, if you do that while you're talking... You're going to be real mad. We're going to fight. We can't see each other for a while. <laughs> I'm going to need some time to myself <laughs> to think about this friendship. Personal space. 
your outside or your insides are now on my outside so we're gonna need some time apart (laughs) like at least my computer's over here (laughs) my microphone's over here My issue would be the carpet and the couch you're sitting on. So if you could just stand up and I'm going to put some plastic under you. I'm just going to go ahead and prep the area. For Hurricane Nielsen. So working, huh? Whole lot of working. Not a lot of twerking. I mean, you could twerk and work. One of those moments you wish that people could see what we just did. <laughs> just bounce up and down. <laughs> Trick and work at the same You're time. You're not dying anymore, I take it? Or no. kind of are? You Come finally on. went to the doctor? Well, see, technically I went to the doctor in the beginning, too. And with no change. And then I was finally went back to the doctor. Freak out. Sorry, throwing guys. things around. I'm trying to make it stop making noises when I move. There you go. Sorry. Well, it's because this is touching your couch. So the arm is noisy. There you go. Good job. <laughs> anyway, so I went back to the doctor because Chris was like, um, you should go to the doctor. And then Susan was like, uh, you should probably go to the doctor. So I went, they told me, you have bronchitis, possibly pneumonia. But because I went to fast care, they didn't have an x-ray. So she's like, so I'm going to treat you for bronchitis if you're not feeling more energized and like you can breathe better by Wednesday. Go into acute care and get yourself um, x-ray just to get make yourself sure. an x-ray. I was like, okay. But they I'm give feeling you a, a lot better today. They give you albuterol? No, they just give me a pack. It was oh, like a pack, and then the cough pearl things. Oh, okay. Um, Nothing crazy. But... It's definitely helping. You know I get sick often when I'm asking you what kind of medication. Did they give you albuterol? Did they give you the albuterol? <laughs> That's what I always get when I have bronchitis. <laughs> I was like, aren't you allergic to a lot of things too? I am. Yeah. I am. I, get, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they <clears throat> were afraid that it was pneumonia, but she said to watch my mucus and make sure it's clearing up. Make sure you watch your mucus, Okay. Well, Check for it, consistency and color. It was quite bright there for a while. So she was like, if it's not getting any better, that's when you know you should probably go back in. It means you've got a raging infection. Mm-hmm. But, infection. But it's officially turning clear. So we Oh, good. good. I'm glad we got an update on your mucus situation. So everybody knows my mucus is clear and we are all healthy here. All right. Come all on. right. Well, see you later. Um, did you figure out a story for this week? Or? I did, and it's really fucking weird, and it's not something, like, I've done before, so... Ooh, okay. All it's right. kind of fucking weird. I'm doing the cult of Kali. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, but it could be Kali. It's okay. K-A-L-I. But I'm almost 100% sure in one of the documentaries they said Kali. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't take the time to try and figure out the pronunciation of it. So, that hasn't improved. Sorry, guys. Okay. Um, okay, okay, good. <laughs> also known as the Thuggy Cult. Thuggy? T H U G E E. Thuggy. It was very prominent in India uh, in the era of the British Raj. Okay. I know I said that right because I did look that one up. <laughs> the British Raj, it refers to a period of British rule um, in India between 1858 and 1947. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, this is my little book report. The, the system of governance was instituted in 1858 when the rule of the East India Company was transferred to the crown in the person of Queen Victoria. 
Not going to lie to you, I'm having a hard time listening to you. <laughs> when you talk like that, I'm like... Um. I fucking hate everything you just said. <laughs> also, the East India Company were dicks. Uh, well, dang. And then Queen Victoria was proclaimed in 1876 the Empress of India. So this okay. was basically when British was uh, like America and thinking they ruled everything. Because British are also dicks sometimes. Yeah, well. Uh, and the thuggy cult actually, actually gave the English language the word thug. Oh, well, look at you. So, background. Fun fact. Uh, so, when the cult itself came into existence, it's not known. Um, some evidence points to the group having been formed around the 14th century. Uh, maybe even before. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, they committed their crimes across most of central India. Um, and then there were also a spinoff of the thuggy cult that were the river thuggies. Which I don't really... The Basically, they thuggies. would... I'll, I'll tell you what they did. Okay. Um, they were mostly made up of men from Muslim and Hindu beliefs. Okay. Uh, travelers in India held basically an unspoken fear during this time. Many knew someone who had gone missing on the roads in the middle of the night. Um, no one knew for sure what had happened to them. So the fear drove travelers to stick together, seeking the safety they could find in numbers. But this is as actually exactly what the thugs wanted. Okay. So while... Some of the details of, like, the cult existence and how it was formed is kind of not known for sure. It's kind of up for debate. Um, their methods were pretty well documented. So they would gather in small groups by the side of the road waiting for travelers to pass by. When they did, the thugs told them that they were traveling merchants or performers and asked to join the group. And then the thugs would follow along with their victims. They'd sometimes do it for days or even months, travel with this group of people. Okay. And then um, slowly gain their trust. And then after other groups of thugs would join the party along the way, and when they felt like the odds were in their favor, that's when they would strike. So this was like a long game yeah. for them. Okay. Yes. So in groups of three... The thugs would stalk through the camp in the middle of the night when everyone was asleep. One man would grab a victim's arms, the other the legs, and the third would strangle the victim with a silk cloth. Jeez! And then in a single night, thugs would kill hundreds of people this way. So they'd be this huge caravan, mm -hmm. and they would, once they had determined their numbers were bigger than the people in the caravan, mm -hmm. they would strike, and in groups of three, they would go through the camp and just strangle and kill people. But why? Just... To take their things? We'll get there. Okay. Um, so other, it's debated that it, they were always strangled, but some also said that there was a dagger that was like a personal status weapon. So if they were more powerful, they had a dagger um, and they would always wear it on their chest. They also reported they committed their strangulation murders with a noose or a rope uh, or a garrote, but later they adopted the use of a length of cloth that could be used as a sash or a scarf so they could always wear it. Um, and it would be easily concealed. Right, just kind of whoop. <laughs> right. The reason that they they believe that they actually, their, their method was mostly strangulation um, was because of a quirk in a law that was set forth during this time. Um, it was from the Mughal Empire, which ruled India from the beginning of the 1500s up till this point. 
For a murderer to be sentenced to death, he or she must have shed blood of their victim. Okay. So those who murdered but did not shed blood might face imprisonment, hard labor, and or pay a penalty, but they would not risk ex- execution. Weird. Okay. So that's why they think they adopted the practice of strangulation because right. you less punishment, right? Less, a harsher, a, a harsher punishment for those that spill blood. Yes. Right. Okay. So once the victims were dead, the thugs would loot anything of value and then hide the bodies in kind of like a ritual. They would like bury them deep in the sands basically uh, as an ultimate sacrifice to Kali or Kali she's the goddess of death okay so and then the the thugs would all separate and go their separate ways so they basically kill the whole camp kill all the bury all the bodies steal all the loot and then separate huh choice of both victims and the crime scene were key they would wait until the perfect moment Distance themselves from a victim's home, distance from the nearest town, the victim's level of suspicion, and um, how many there were in the traveling group. And then if all of the elements were for a getaway did not add up, they would let the target go. So it was almost like military-like. Right, like they were very structured. Very structured, very strategic in how they would do this. They That's why they always moved as a unit, so that there was... You had someone to submit them and subdue mm-hmm. them so that they could kill them quickly without a struggle. Right. Um, Most people didn't venture out at night in these remote campsites, so they had to, once they were remote enough, there wasn't there wasn't a risk of people traveling to them. Okay. And that's when they would make their move. Okay. Huh. Mm, they would often avoid killing children of victims and instead adopted them into the cult. So that's kind of how they grew their numbers. Interesting. Okay. Um, they would also avoid killing women too, bringing them into the cult too, as kind of like caretakers of the children and things like that. So basically like kidnap people from these groups. Wow. Huh. If they felt that they had to eliminate a witness, they would kill children and women, but they tried to avoid it. Um, there are low estimates for the death toll stand around 50,000. 50,000? Yes. Holy because shit. in a night you could have a caravan of 300 traveling and right, in a night they killed 150, 200 in one night. And they right. they were more than 300 years that there's it spanned. That's so wild. That okay. they because it's through the 14th century that well, they Well, right. Yeah, but it's just wow. So higher estimates actually put it over a million because of they're not sure when the cult began and how long it It's kind of a right gray area. Um most Members into the cult were born into it, so your father was a thuggy, so you became a thuggy, or were born out of, like, poverty. Okay. So, um, so, Kali was the Hindu goddess of death and destruction. Their killings were made in her honor and to appease her. Um, they believe that if Kali in a foul mood would mean the end of humankind. According to thuggies, uh, Kali's favor came at the cost of regular payments in blood. So that's why they would regularly kill people. Large amounts of... That was kind of the whole backstory. Now I'm going to go into one of the most famous one. Okay. And he's actually kind of the downfall of the cult as well. Oh, somebody got too big for his britches, huh? Kind of. Okay. So in all of the time, the most famous and the one that they believe spilled the most blood is Thug Behram. Behram? Yes. He was a leader of the cult during the early 1800s, which claim- and he claimed to have murdered over 125 men with his own hands while attending to a total of 931 murders. So he murdered 125, but he was part of a group of three for over 931 murders. Wow. 
basically, if that total is correct, he would be the most prolific serial killer in history. Well, yeah, that's a... Wow. <laughs> right. So that's why I was like, this is fucking weird, but, like, I've never heard of this cult, and it's actually kind of weird how mi- military strategic they were. Right. Um, so little is known about his life. They know he was born in the 1760s and more than likely born into the cult. He was a particularly gifted strangler. Oh, well, good for you. He actually had a preferred tool, which was a gold sash that he wore on his waist, and inside it he had sewn a heavy medallion so that he could throw the medallion around the victim's Adam's apple. So he wrapped Mm -hmm. the scarf so the medallion hit the Adam's apple. Crush it. And allowing him to strangle them and crush him more Mm -hmm. quickly than you would, it would take to normally strangle someone. Right. Wow. Um, He operated as a thug for decades, but in the early 1830s, which is basically their golden age of when they were like the most active, it kind of came all crashing down. Okay. So the British who had colonized India now turned their attention to the thuggy group because it was like, it became, because they were more active and the British had moved in and colonized them, they were noticing that people were going missing and Mm. things like that had happened. Okay. So they brought in, um, like, Colonel William Henry Sleeman, who was basically an acting superintendent in the area. Okay. And... He actually had, like, modernized crime-fighting skills. So he forced the different communities and different regiments to communicate with each other as to what they're seeing. Oh. And then... Um, so almost like a... Um, it's like a joint task force. Like, he was... Ex- yeah, like he a was joint task force kind of uh, building a profile, too, because they're talking about the different things they're seeing. Mm-hmm. In the- Weird. Okay, yep. that's cool. And then, in a tactic that is... Very familiar when they used with organized crime. They would capture thugs and give certain thugs immunity for their crime for ratting on other thugs. Oh. Which is also very, like... Now. Right. Nowadays. Um, So then at that point, the thuggies didn't know who in their groups they could trust because they had people ratting. Oh, yeah. Fucking nerds. Well, uh, <laughs> well, it sounds like they needed to be narked out. <laughs> they needed to be narked say. out, but I'm just saying fucking narks. <laughs> stitches get stitches, bitch. Stitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches or end up in ditches. See, I knew what you were trying to say, but it sounded like you said stitches get stitches. I will never forget my sister teaching my niece Alex, snitches get, st- or snitches end up in ditches. And they're out in New Jersey, and at a family gathering... <laughs> Her grandpa said, I'm going to tell your mommy. And she turned around and goes, snitches get end up in ditches, pop pop. <laughs> uh, uh, and then she went, hashtag thug life, because I taught her that. Oh, thuggies. Thuggies, <laughs> yeah. Hashtag and thug all life. Back. Oh, this all circles back. <laughs> okay, so eventually Sleeman caught Thug Bayram. Okay. And he was like... Oh, you'll give me immunity. All right. I killed 125 people. And they were like, yeah, motherfucker, you're not getting immunity. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. By the way, you're not. By the way, that's not how this works. Uh, So Barum personally attested to strangling 150 people and that he had been president for killing. I said 125 earlier. I meant 150. And that he had been present for 931 more killings. But there are a bunch of different conflicting accounts based on different stories he told at different times. 
so there's not really a for sure number. <clears throat> um, but he basically helped them take down the thuggy group, and then they killed him. Because <laughs> he killed a whole bunch of people. You don't get immunity after that, you asshole. Sorry, guy. <laughs> uh, so in 1870, the thuggy cult was finally considered destroyed and broken up by the British authorities. Hundreds were executed and thousands more were arrested or expelled from the country. Um, and the basically this wave of terror that had lasted over a century was killed in a matter of months after Sleeman had taken over and like... Way to go, down. jackass. <laughs> so Barham's descendants claim that the crooked East India Company officials ended up with much of his loot. Because uh-huh. he would say, well, we did this and this is here. And they'd go there and take it and then go, what's next? And, and, and then when he stopped talking to them because he realized he wasn't going to get immunity, that's when they killed him. Yeah, well. So, uh, <laughs> because he'd confessed to one, they'd go on a treasure hunt to find his loot. And then he'd confess to another one. They'd go get his loot from that. Uh, once he realized he would never be free or shown clemency, he stopped talking to them. Um, and so he was then hung in 1840 and that is the end of the thuggy cult. It's a short and sweet story, but I just thought it was very, I was looking into like ancient history, like serial killers, like what, because I mean, there's always been crazy people. They uh-huh. just weren't classified as that. I found, like, a whole bunch of weird ones uh-huh. that I was like, I'm going to have to dig deeper into this. But this cult one was kind of like, it's a cult. They work in groups. It's weird. So. It reminds me of those, um, the gang things where they, like, put up blocks in a back road. And when you stop to not hit the block and someone comes out, they, like, all come out of the ditches. And take your stuff. Well, that's terrifying. I didn't know about that. So thank you for enlightening me. It, I totally, I'm one of those fucking things you make fun of me for watching. <laughs> your fucking YouTube? My YouTube, like, top ten. You're such a creepiest, hip with like, it, kid. I know, I'm so hip. No, I just, it's, there's more options. Um, I, it was like, top ten scariest, like, dash videos. And one of them was this, like, branch was across the road and the guy slowed down and then this guy comes kind of waltzing out of the out of the ditch and the guy rolls down his window being like what's up dude and the guy said something about being like a undercover cop that was coming out of the ditch but his pants were like way sagging and he was wearing a big old like sweatshirt and he goes yeah he's not so he just like booked it over the branch and like kung 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 <laughs> And it turns out, like, later on that week, he heard of a case where somebody came out and killed the person in the car, took their car, and took all the shit in their car. Yeah. I was like, well, that's fucking scary. Don't like that. (laughs) So, you know, that's fun. Yeah. But good job. That was interesting. It was kind of short and sweet, but... Well, I've just never heard of it before. I hadn't either. So... It was... Two thumbs up Hey, gal. I just found it interesting. I like history. Oh, me too. I was just talking to Justin Rimmel about that. I'm like, I'm kind of a history nerd. Because I, I really... just rediscovered Titanic and how much I... How intriguing it is and all the weird things that... Dude, Titanic is so fucked up when you read into it. Uh, yeah. Like that there was another boat that they had... That same company had sailing that was basically the sister to Titanic Mm -hmm. that broke down. So they took some of the brand new parts from Titanic, put it in the new boat and then Titanic got shitty parts. It's part of the other reason it's sunk. Uh Like there's so many, like there's just a lot of 
weird fucking and then, like, negl- weird, negligence well like in weird coincidences like there was this girl who was a nurse on titanic and she was on it when it sunk but she was one of the survivors that got into a boat and then she got on she actually was working on the sister ship of titanic mm-hmm. and that one had a collision and she survived that where there was like did she a bunch say of i'm never going on a fucking boat again um and then she got on another one that like had another collision and i would be like okay after the first one i'd be like i'm never never you went on three boats before you decided you're not gonna fucking ride That's a boat real. again it's like what the fuck what kind of luck is that like and it's nothing she has any like say over other than being on the boat but it's like this is totally off topic but no that's totally fine on i think it was thanksgiving my cousin and her boyfriend were talking about they were like have you ever gone on a cruise before i was like absolutely not and they're like why not i'm like i've seen titanic i know how that shit ends and they started laughing i'm like you're laughing i'm not kidding like that's not and he's like well what it's no different than going on to any other vacation i'm like okay you want to argue this let's have a discussion let's say you go pick a pick a location and he's like, well, we're talking about going to Las Vegas. I'm like, perfect. Say so you go to Las Vegas. You book a hotel room. You get to the hotel. You go in. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's nothing like they promised. What do you do? He's like, well, there's like hundreds of other hotels. And I'm like, my fucking point exactly. You get on that goddamn boat. You're out in the middle of the ocean and you're not having a good time. You're fucking stuck, motherfucker. Um, you can't go anywhere (laughs) that and with the way that they're owned and their companies are run they it's hard to even know who's in charge of what if something happens and when something happens so if someone was to go missing a caribbean cruise ship is owned by a totally different company that is in a totally different country and then the united states is the one sending it out to the caribbean so there's like no jurisdiction whatsoever right. so you're in international fucking, waters motherfucker yeah, people just fucking disappear yeah i'm and just then saying they're never seen again if you're not enjoying your vacation in any other spot other than a cruise find a different place to go you can fucking leave Mm-hmm. Like, you can walk, get in a fucking car and fucking drive somewhere else. Or you can get on a plane and fucking fly somewhere else. Or you can just fucking go home. You don't have any of those options. Once that fucking boat leaves port, you're fucking stuck. Well, and so, speaking of cruise ships, another, like, thing that... Because watched, I watched a couple documentaries and things on the Titanic after I was like, Oh my god, I forgot how much I thought that was interesting. So I watched a few things. They were talking about the largest Disney cruise ship is 300 feet longer than the Titanic was. And it could hold 5,000 more people than the Titanic could. That makes me really uncomfortable that there's that many people on it. Just the I fact- don't like that. How many fucking lifeboats are in there? There are they three hundred more times the billion than what they need. Yeah, because I'm like Titanic. I want a boat to my goddamn self if this boat goes. Down. It's like Titanic had a couple thousand people on it, mm-hmm. like twenty two hundred people, and that means that there are at least almost seven thousand people yeah. on that. Is there? There oh, better be no. a goddamn lifeboat per person. Otherwise, I'm not getting on the boat. It's just, uh, uh, uh. Totally off topic, but I just... We just went on a little tangent. And then they're like, oh, and then they were like, oh, well, we're planning our vacation and we're going to go on a cruise. And I was like, oh. Well, enjoy yourself. Hopefully it's great. Sounds terrible. Hope you have a good time. (laughs) I mean, and I'm not saying I'm... Ain't never going on a cruise, but I have. I would have I would to be go, very secure on what I'm doing. There's ones where, like, there's a girl at my work that'll go, and it's like they leave from Florida and they go to like 
the Florida Keys. So they go yeah, from island like to island to island. Yeah. Or they go to like the Bahamas and they stay in the Bahamas and then they get back on the cruise and come back. So it's basically just like enjoying the the nice warm or it's nice not warm staying on it for seven days in right. the middle of the ocean. They're ta- they were talking about going to like Greece. Yeah. On a I, boat. I'm like, no thank you. I uh I would totally do something like leave from California, follow the coast up to Alaska. Yeah. Something like that would be fun, but Right. Not I'm bish, just Bish I'm, I'm not no 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 <laughs> No And no thank you. It's so scary. But like even in the middle of the winter and I was like, fuck no. I will put on sweatpants and stay home for a week and don't have to get stranded on a boat in the middle of the ocean. I know how the Titanic ends. That door was big enough for two, but that bitch was selfish. I'm not getting into that situation. We just watched that again last night, and um, it, it totally was. <laughs> totally was. I was like, well, I wouldn't let you freeze in the water even though you tried to make me. <laughs> He's like, well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now that we've talked about um, something completely off topic. Long story short, I like history. Me as too. Well. <laughs> and I hate cruise ships. Cool. Good talk. High five. <laughs> I hope that was long enough. Oh shit, right, should we do this? Yeah, tell me a story, girl! Alright, alright, alright. Tell me a story, please. So, Thank you. Okay, so... <laughs> I know I was going to do Joel Rifkin this week, because last week I was like, it's really intriguing, oh, I want to look him up. Yeah, we got really excited about it, but yeah. then... But there's a lot more information to it than one week of research is going to do justice to. So, Well, I like that you can admit that. Yeah, so after reading and doing it for a little bit, I was like, we're just going to do something a little bit less meaty and we'll save this up and finish doing the research on it later. So, with that out of the way, (laughs) have you heard of Barbara Daly? Barbara. Barbara. No. She goes by Barbara, but I call her Barb throughout my story. Barb. Because it's, it's fun to, to say. say. Well, Barb. That too. That and that the name. Bab. Bab. Got to pie there, Bab. Oh, Bab there. <laughs> All right. So, Barbara Daly was born in Boston in 1922. Doesn't give an exact date. Anywhere okay. I can find. So, she doesn't actually have a birthday. I think she's one of those because, okay. So she's one of those, like, highbrow, I want to be pretty all the time, um, thinking she's the shit person. So Sounds I think like she changed real... her birthday a lot, so nobody really knows what her actual birthday is. Sounds like a real bitch. Yeah. I don't know. She, yeah. Wait, is she the victim? Okay, good. <laughs> well, yeah, but no. Um, yeah, but I don't no. know. It's a whole thing. So, and uh, that's all I found until 1933 for her. Okay. When she was 11 and her father committed suicide, uh, he locked himself in the garage with a running car. Oh. And she is the one who discovered him in the car. Oh. At 11. That's... So that's fun. not fun. Um, I don't know if it was different then, but Barb and her mother got a life insurance payment even though he committed suicide. 
So it you must have been I think a you still do, but it's like it's like a fixed thing or yeah, something. Yeah, there's okay. like there's like contingencies in it. You probably didn't get the full amount. Well, yeah, because I was like reading it and I was like, I thought you didn't get the life insurance payout if someone was to commit suicide. Um, uh, mine at work, I have one hundred and twenty thousand, but if it's if I die by accident, it's two hundred and forty thousand. See, I have the same so sort of thing. Hopefully, my death is accidental. <laughs> for, for for all parties involved, if I'm gonna die, I'd rather be accidental, girl. Let's be honest. You're probably just going to fall. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> die. <laughs> it's true. Um, but clearly it was a decent amount because after this, they moved to New York City um, to the Del- Delmonico-, Delmonico Hotel, um, which is now owned by Donald Trump and is one of his like Detroit. financial deals. Okay. Uh, but Barb is... In her teens and early 20s at this point while they're in New York City. And she becomes a well-known socialite. So she's like the Paris Hilton of the 1930s? Kind of. Basically, she's just was famous that the right for... Year? What? I said 1930s. Was that the right year? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, well, see, I think because it was 1933 when she discovered her dad. I'm not sure how long it took them to be able to move to New York City, but they did. Okay. It didn't give a date. So 1940s, So 1930s, 40s, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, but she became a well-known socialite, basically just famous for socializing and networking. Calm down, Paris Hilton. Right. She would also named one of New York's most beautiful girls at this time. Oh. Uh-huh. And she began modeling with this, like announcement of her being the most i wonder if it's like the most eligible bachelorette type of deal yeah maybe um uh but anyway so she began modeling and she did do shoots for famous fashion prints such as famous famous (laughs) um fashion prints such as vogue and harper's bazaar so she was kind of a big deal (laughs) she's kind of a big deal behind the scenes she was suffering a mental illness and being it was the 1930s 40s um, it was frowned upon and looked down on to actually get help for your mm-hmm. mental health. So, and it it's also said that her mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia at one okay. point too. So it's kind of like a family yeah deal. Um, so on the down low though, Barb was seeing a private psychiatrist named Foster Kennedy. Basically, she just didn't want to lose her her right. face, so she was. Didn't like, want nobody think- knew about it, including her mother. Right, that she okay. was doing this. She just knew something was not right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she dated uh, many well-known high society men, but never really settled down with anybody. Because of her success with modeling, she was flown to Hollywood to do a screen test, and she wanted her ultimate job, which was to be famous like mm-hmm. cross country in the movies famous but while she was in la she didn't get any roles okay um she did meet a woman named cornelia bagland though oh that's a name cornelia who was also aspiring to be an actress her friend introduced her to her brother brooks so he was training to be a pilot in the royal canadian air force Oh, I bet and, he was a hottie. Uh, see, Barb was unimpressed because <laughs> oh. she likes money. Oh, okay. So she was like, mm. at first she was just like, no, thank you. <laughs> but then she found out that the family was like old money, oh. wealthy. Like their then grandfather. And she wanted to ride that dick. Hold on. Their grandfather intro- like 
he made plastic. He invented plastic. There was I'm no so- plastic before him. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Just one person invented plastic? Yeah, like, well... <laughs> I'm sorry, my father, the inventor of toaster strudel. Okay, hold on. <laughs> This is what it says. Turns out the grandfather was wealthy and had invented plastic. Cue mean girls quote. (laughs) So, because that's the first thing I thought of that you would say when I said that. (laughs) No fucking way. Your notes actually say that? Cue mean girl quote. Ha ha. It's like you fucking are in my brain. It's weird how I know you. I'm sorry. My father, the inventor of toaster strudel. <laughs> Wouldn't like to hear that. So, <laughs> obviously, this was really lucrative, so the family was well so off. So it's his fucking fault the turtles are dying. Yeah. See, I was like... You goddamn son of a bitch. I was thinking about it. I was like, can you imagine just how, like, toxic all that plastic was? Because even now it's like, don't hold things in it for too long. You shouldn't even have plastic Tupperware. You shouldn't uh-huh. do this. This is this. But then it don't was like... Don't fucking microwave it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But then can you imagine how, like... Right? There's probably fucking lead in it. Y'all are dying. Um. So Barb all of a sudden became interested in Brooks. No fucking way. Imagine that. They began dating, and their relationship developed um, pretty quickly, and Barb kind of started pushing Brooks into marriage and kind of moving to the next step, but he was not super interested in that (laughs) right then. I think it's because he kind of knew that she was more after the money than anything, Mm -hmm. and she just wanted to lock it down. So She just wanted to ride that dick. Right? (laughs) But from all the sources that I read... It seems like the relationship was pretty turbulent from the beginning. Like, cause what you, oh, I'm like, what you doing? You gonna I was trying not Nike? to move anything here. Just kind of like, just tilt you in a little. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but it was pretty turbulent because I mean, she had an pretty much unchecked mental health issue. So she was very, um, she'd fly off the wall about things. She mm-hmm. was very emotional and you never knew what was going to, set her off uh but anyway so and it was going back and forth eventually brooks was just like okay this is enough i'm done i can't i'm done with that 50 shades of gray right but then barb dropped a bombshell saying she was pregnant oh he knocked the bitch up so wait is she the victim i keep calling her names did she (laughs) you know it's so she tells him that she's pregnant Okay. So Brooks, thinking he's doing the right thing, married Barb before it was known that she was pregnant and that it was out there because it's very frowned upon for women to be out of wedlock. And God forbid. I know. Well, let's be honest. At this time, everything is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You can't have any fucking fun in the 1940s. So <laughs> after they get married, Barb just tells Brooks that she's not actually pregnant. That you... This bitch. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, though. Like, I don't, I couldn't figure out if it was, like, that she said she lost it or that she said, but she hadn't been pregnant. Mm-hmm. But either way, they stayed together afterwards. So I'm assuming it was something along the lines of her saying that she had a miscarriage or something. Well, in the 1940s, you didn't get divorced, especially for See, an affluential family like that. Well, Even if right. she did say, haha, bitch, I ain't pregnant. Right. So there's a lot of, like, weird. You just had a side bitch that you were banging. A girl. Was that foreshadowing? It was was foreshadowing. (laughs) So, 
anyway. <laughs> they have this huge fight over it, obviously. And Barb is pretty happy, though, because she's got him hooked and he's not going to... He can't mm-hmm. get out of it without her getting something out of it, basically. Right. So... Bitch, you didn't sign no prenup? She, she's now part of the Bakelite family, which is the original plastic company. Holy shit. I just can't imagine, like, that. that's the kind of money like, that, like... his grandfather is basically Scrooge McDuck. Right, like... <laughs> like fluid coins to swim in. To swim in. God. Every time I watch that, I'm like, he would, like, break himself every I time can tell that in. we have... I can tell you for a fact that in at least four episodes, we've referenced Scrooge have McDuck. We? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Just fucking Scrooge McDuck in it. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh. Uh, I lost my spot because I got so distracted by Scrooge McDuck. But, like I said, not sure why they stayed together, but they stayed together. Kay. So, a couple... A little bit later, they moved back to New York into a luxury apartment on the Upper East Side. Oh, they specified shit. it. I don't know what that means, but I really it's a big deal. They, they it's where the nannies have nannies, Rich. It's, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine as rich as they are. Like, It's just like when we were watching Titanic, since we were talking about that before, they roll up on these people that are carrying everything they own in a bag, Mm -hmm. and they roll up in these, like, cars that have gold-plated everything, and it's like, who's this bitch? Who invited this asshole? (laughs) So, they move into these apartments, and they began having, like, highbrow society parties on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. uh, keeping up that socialite status. Which I don't even know, like, it's funny to me because I don't think she was super rich. No, she just had big tits and wanted to be rich. Yeah, but I mean, like, (laughs) so she had to have just, like, sugar daddies and shit Mm -hmm. to, like, pay for stuff. And then she got into modeling. She was probably sucking that dick. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. But. (laughs) So they have these parties. And Barb became known in the social group. Did you just as call her Barbie? Barb oh. became. Barb became. Got it. I heard <laughs> Barbie came. No, I'm like what? Her name's Barbie. Barbecue. Barb- <laughs> barbecue. Oh, barbecue. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, I uh, know. <laughs> Girl, I know. I was like, I've never been to Buffalo Wild Wings. Did you? And did also- you see my mental dissociation? <laughs> <Yes. there? laughs> it's like. And also, um, New Year's Eve is on a Tuesday, so can we go to Buffalo Wild Wings when Christine and I get there? And he goes, well, yeah, sure. And I was like, that'd be great. Thanks. Hey, thanks. Because if not, we're going and then we'll come there. Yeah. We'll, we'll meet you at your house. <laughs> so Barb became gotcha. well-known in the social group as unstable. <laughs> she would be rude and short with people and was a sloppy drunk, like... <laughs> Super alcoholic status. Sounds like a good time. Oh, my boy. Sounds terrible. It's the fucking worst. I hate sloppy drunks. It's also reported that the couple would cheat on each other and have affairs regularly on both sides. Like, whatever. Just throwing her cat at everyone. Well, He's laying pipe all over town. He... From what I read, it seemed like he was, like... He was a... Every week, he had a different girl that he was... Yeah, he's laying pipe all over town. Yeah. Her, it was more like... She's fucking the pool boy. I think she was like <laughs> trying to s- do social stepping stones, like we were saying. Oh, we were yeah. saying before, like probably sucking dick. She was so, sucking that dick. <laughs> uh, it makes me wonder though if they maybe just like had an understanding, 
Just like an open marriage. Like what? But it didn't say anything. Probably not. They probably, it was the 1940s. Nobody talked about anything. You didn't get divorced. You just fucked behind closed doors. (laughs) You didn't just talk about it. Didn't talk about it. Mm Mm-mm. So Barb actually becomes pregnant with Brooke's baby now. Are they sure it's Brooke's? I'm, I mean, I feel like yes, because okay. it doesn't say anything about possibly being anybody else's. So on August, or in August of 46, she gives birth to Anthony, a.k.a. Tony. Fucking Bigland. Tony. Tony, fucking Tony. Uh, the family had many different homes around the world. Weird. And they stay there throughout the year. Fucking bougie. So, uh, <laughs> how many fucking homes do you need? Okay, right. <laughs> That's one of the um, one of the things I watch is just like who needs to pay for heat when you can just fly to wherever. <laughs> it's like right. It's ridiculous. So they also seem to be barely a part of their son's life, having nannies and people that watch them twenty four seven. Are basically was just there to like give him things mm-hmm. and like keep him happy that way and that was about it mm-hmm. um so in the 19th but it doesn't say much about his upbringing so that's about as far as i know in the night in 1960 the family moved to paris there is a rumor that it's because barb embarrassed herself at a party in new york like to the point where they couldn't go back <laughs> and so they just moved to start over i like how you're like telling me behind by the hand. way <laughs> by the way it's, <laughs> it's a secret, like a secret. <laughs> in in paris brooks met a an English diplomat's daughter. Guess how old she was? 14. 15. Close. Oh, that's close. So 15 and fell in love with her. Oh, what a pedophile. Uh-huh. And he tells Barb that he's going to leave her for this girl. You're going to leave your wife for a 15-year-old girl? You're such a fucking pedo. He even, like, served her I, just divorce papers. So on far, I don't like anybody in the story. I know. <laughs> Except so, for Grandpa, who's got all the money. Right. But your Grandpa's hot. But Grandpa also <laughs> made plastic that is killing the world now, so. Listen, we all have to make sacrifices. Listen, bitch. <laughs> so. Grandpa's probably dead, okay? <laughs> obviously, Barb was very upset about getting served divorce papers for this whole thing. Not only because of the divorce, but because this girl was younger and prettier and, you know, her, like, weird. She's just a fucking little baby, man. She's just a little kid. Just a fucking little kid. So, Barb decides to commit suicide. No. But not actually commit suicide. Just be dramatic about it? Yeah, basically. Okay, I didn't mean to sound so bitchy about this. Well, she was doing it for the attention more than anything. She just took a handful of pills and Suicide's not cool no matter what. Just... Yeah. I felt like that was really callous the way I said it. (laughs) Right. Suicide's not okay and it's a sad thing, but she was doing it basically just to get Brooks to be like, oh no... Don't kill yourself. Stop it. Kill okay. yourself. Just kidding. But it, it, I mean, it worked. Oh, because he got rid of the child? Yeah, he broke things off with the girl and stayed with her because he didn't want her to kill herself. So, oh, that's so romantic. I know. I'm right? going to stop being a pedophile so you don't kill yourself. Fucking crazy. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, once Tony the son turned 18, he basically just hit the road. He started traveling. They had the means to do it. He didn't want to be at his house. He didn't feel like himself. I wouldn't want to fucking be there anyway. Uh-huh. So he travels all over the place, and it's said that Tony displayed erratic behavior very similar to his mother's as a young adult. Well, it presents earlier mm-hmm. in men. Yep. So at, 
like late teens, he was kind of doing the same emotional like roller coaster. It does, doesn't it? Doesn't schizophrenia pre- um, present earlier? Generally, now? it's between twenty and thirty for like genders across the board, but you uh-huh. can have early onset. It's just like every other mental illness yeah, I or suppose. brain disorder. I thought men presented earlier, and for some, maybe it's bipolar. Possibly. But I, I mean, could be wrong. I'm not. I'm not a doctor. I don't. Right. I don't. I don't know. Um, but so. When he was older, he was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. So anyway, so he's showing these signs of things. And in 1967, when Tony was 20, he moved to Italy and he meets a guy named Jake Cooper from Australia, who was also just moving there to find himself. Good day, so, mate. Good day. <laughs> so Tony and Jake get really close and Jake introduces him to drugs. By really close? What do you mean? Oh, they move in together. Oh, is Tony a bottom? And after a while, Tony has a realization that he is homosexual. <gasps> Called it! And he also turns out that Jake is bisexual. Okay. So, so they fall for each free other. Free love, man. Right? They, they fall for each other, to. but they can't tell anybody. Right, because it's illegal. It's, it's the 60s. Yeah. Um, it's not illegal, but you end up in the loony bin. Right. It's considered you get a, a lobotomy. mental illness. Mm-hmm. For another, like, ten years. Right. Basically. Because <laughs> people um, are assholes. People are fucking crazy. So, uh, so this is a secret, but somehow Barb finds out that her son is in a homosexual relationship. So Barb fucking drives to Italy from wait. Paris. Oh, I was like, wait, you can just drive to Italy. That's not how this works. <laughs> Remember, she hid in Paris because she got drunk and I made forgot. a fool of herself. I forgot about that part. <laughs> so it goes to get Tony. Um... Tony, after she gets him, because she has that kind of control over him, Mm -hmm. brings him back to the house and he lives with his parents in Paris. And Barb wants to set her son up with this girl that she knew, one of her friend's daughters, Mm -hmm. because she believed that he just hadn't met the right girl and that's why he was gay. It's not how that works. It's not Uh, how any of this works. Yeah. No, I know. So (laughs) she wanted to fix him. <clears throat> so, Barb introduces him to Sylvie, who is the daughter of her friend. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Sylvie moves into the house with Barb and Brooks. Does and Brooks Tony. start fucking Sylvie? Girl, it's isn't it like a soap opera? It's like I fucking know. So she moves. I've seen in. this episode of. Still got like two sentences before we the big reveal. Oh, I'm sorry. See. You get mad at me when I call the stuff. I'm sorry. It's not like three times in this story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just really, I'm really fucking excited Isn't right this now. weird? It's just such a weird story. So, uh, I moves them into the house, makes their relationship move a lot faster than it should because mm-hmm. she wants it him to be straight. Um, but it backfires. <laughs> because Brooke starts sleeping with Sylvie. Like sands through the hourglass. I said, These are the days of our lives. Right? <laughs> I was like, seen this fucking episode. I type, turns out Brooke starts sleeping with Sylvie. Oopsie! <laughs> I slipped and put my dick in her. <laughs> it's just, I fell and. Okay, I totally watched one of those. Side note, totally watched one of those things on Facebook or on like Snapchat where it's people talking about second chances or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy. <laughs> I saw that one. It was an it was an accident, and he's like, "But you, you stole my car and whatever." She goes, "Well, that was an accident too." He goes, "How was stealing a car an accident?" I don't know. Kind of like how you slipped and your dick fell inside of her. It's like, 
Fair. You got nothing, motherfucker. (laughs) Anyway, so in 1968, Brooks actually leaves Barb for Sylvie. Oh, shit. Like, straight up is done. Barb relented and gave him his divorce. And Sylvie and Brooks got married. How old was Sylvie at this time? She was Um, 15. Well, he was, well, it doesn't say anywhere, but Tony was 20, 21 at this time, and she hooked them up, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 18 to 20, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, Because mom hooked her up. It wasn't like a weird hookup mm-hmm. by pedo dad. So, <laughs> Tony tells Barb that he's relieved that <laughs> Sylvie has found somebody else because he <laughs> likes men. He does not like women. He is gay. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. Tells Barb this, like, you can do all you think you can, but it's you not changing. I am who I am. Like. You do whatever you like. So <laughs> she loses it and decides that she has to fix him. Oh, she God. starts hiring sex workers to force him to have sex with, like, stand there and watch him. Yeah. And then. This bitch is crazy. This doesn't seem to be working. Well, so no fucking she- shit. So she slept with her son and made him, like, raped him to try to make him straight. I'm, s- <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Because she's the prettiest girl in town, you know. <laughs> she, f- I'm, s- no, I'm, I know. I'm sorry. I have what? To a, I have to put a little side note in this. this she, all- wait, I just, before you move on. This is not moving on. This is just allegedly. He, Go ahead. She made him fuck sex workers, and when that doesn't work, she thought the next step was fucking his mother? I guess. Where, where's the logic? Um, and so, I don't like allegedly, this. she manipulates him into having sexual relationships, relations with him. So, uh, this trauma, like, traumatized him and seemed to exacerbate Tony's mental illness. I have Imagine no, that. no fucking way. Um, and this isn't, like, a one-time thing. Like, she multiple times she just starts banging her she son just starts on the abusing him yeah yeah like not yeah. banging i shouldn't say it that way she's raping him yeah so she's abusing him and there's even like a story that tony was actually in a relationship with a guy at this time and he had come over at one point and they had like a threesome because she thought she could change this other guy straight too what does she think she's got like a golden machine so to like, be i don't fair this is all tony's story but but does she this yeah. is weird. I don't know. I don't know. She's, she's got like ma- a platinum she's machine. A, she's got a magic vagina. Her her box is magic. Her box. It's the magic box. Pull we'll a rabbit off it. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on October seventeenth, nineteen seventy-two, Tony went into the kitchen, grabbed a kitchen knife, snuck up behind his mother, and stabbed her a couple times. Like literally, only like two or three times. Just but the first one was nearly fatal, like it severed a fatal artery. So it this kills Barb. So you could say that he hit it from behind. <laughs> I mean, how he likes it. It's it a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna move past that. Um so this kills Barb, who is fifty at the time. Such a bad joke, I'm sorry. Okay. So Tony is 25. And Barb is 50. And Barb is 50. Got it. Police come to the scene. It doesn't say anything about, like, who called 
or anything, like how that all came about. Yeah. But they got there and they arrested Tony, who admitted to killing her. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, whatever. And, uh, but he also spills the beans on like everything the abuse, yeah. that he's homosexual, that, you know, like all this stuff that was like. And the cops were like, whoa, 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 I was not ready for that. And he said that he felt the only way that he could escape was if she was to die. So I'm thinking because he was in a totally different country and she just drove over there and like Mm -hmm. scooped him up and, you know, so he couldn't be himself and it was just a whole, whole mess. So he gets charged with murder and he's institutionalized in Roadmore because he clearly has a mental illness. Right. And once he's there, he is there until uh, 1980. And then he's released, so that's eight years. Mm-hmm. And then he's released at the age of 33. Tony had nowhere to go. He couldn't go to his dad's because he had basically disowned him. And so he moves to New York to live with his maternal grandmother. Grandma! Grandma who is also schizophrenic. Oh. Grandma who is mom's mom. Oh. So she's 87 at the time. Please don't tell me they start banging. And only six days later... From arriving there, he attacks his grandmother and stabs her eight times. Broke several of her bones, so he, like, straight up attacks her, like, brutally in comparison to the couple stabs with his mom. Okay, well, that's probably worse than banging, I guess. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Moving in with her, obviously, wasn't a great choice. Um, She made it very clear that she didn't believe him when he talked about the sexual abuse, that Barb would never do that. And she also made it very clear that she was not okay with him being gay Mm -hmm. and all i'm imagining is that she's like he's getting there and she's just constantly on her soapbox talking about Mm -hmm. all that stuff and it's like just not that nobody can handle that very well especially somebody who's like has a fragile mental capacity like it's, it's just not not a good place to be but it was his only option and it just didn't turn out well so once again he's arrested and he's charged with murder and this time he's sent to prison Eight months in prison, and then he's he's expecting to be released on bond after that because they were waiting on paper. He only paper- got eight months in prison for that? Well, so eight months after being in prison. Oh. He was re- expected to be released on bond and being sent to a mental institution because they were waiting on paperwork from the UK because this was in the US, that mm-hmm. was in the UK, to prove that he has a history of mental illness and that he shouldn't be in prison. He should be in, like, Bitches an straight up pray. Yeah. Yeah. So they're waiting for that. But then there's, like, a transfer hiccup. So he doesn't get it for the hearing. And so he gets sent back to his um, cell. And after this, he just went back to his cell. He got a plastic bag, put it over his head, and they say he committed suicide, but it's also, there's questions like, why would he put a plastic bag over his head to commit suicide? Just suffocated himself. suffocated himself, but, like, why wouldn't he just do something if he has, you know... Mm -hmm. They're like, that's kind of weird, but also maybe. But they think he committed suicide, and his his life ended in plastic, which I thought was very ironic. (laughs) Um, But... The, that's the end of that. They're all dead. His um, life ended in plastic, like the turtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ironically, it's like his grandfather or great-grandfather had Killed a hand him. in his suicide. So, the, everybody's dead. Um, there is a movie that is supposedly loosely and creatively based on this story called Savage Grace. Mm. But, I mean, obviously I didn't watch it, but apparently that 
it's based on it. Sounds like a terrible movie. But yeah, that's the end of that. Nobody's alive except Brooks with his little lady and everybody's dead. Who knows where they're at because I couldn't find anything. I think he fell out of the limelight after all this craziness. I would hope so. But yeah. That's it. Everybody's dead. Okay, bye. Uh, that was a good story. It took me... It was a wild ride. I know. <laughs> it had everything. It had murder. It had scandalous affairs. It incest. had Incest. It, <laughs> it had, had crazy grandmas. Alcohol. It had plastic. <laughs> shit. Shit. It had international affairs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Barb... That's why when you were like, is she the victim? Because I'm like, well, yes, but no. Yes, but no. I hate everybody in that story. Right? None Everybody's single. fucked up. This Poor Tony, f- though. I feel so bad for him. Like, He's a victim of his circumstances. Right. Obviously, he shouldn't be killing people. <laughs> like, I feel like that's I a mean, given. But how shitty of a life was that? Like, he was never paid attention to, and the only time he got paid attention to is because he was gay. Or and getting raped. it was negative. Sounds terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good right. story. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, on that note, that's the end of that. <laughs> so that's that on that, then. God, I just, I don't, I never know how to end with ones like this where it's like, and now everybody's dead. The end. <laughs> Instead of doing, ta-da, you should go, the end. The end. <laughs> like release a dove <laughs> from your hoo-ha. I don't know. What do you where think? Where have you been like, keeping that? Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like uh, that's the mental illness thing. Like, if I question if things like being homosexual mm-hmm. and like mental illness wasn't such a taboo topic, if we would have half the serial killers we had. And I don't think it, like I John think, Wayne Gacy. I think that was because he was gay, and he, he just, was gay, well, and his father made him. Well, he was a bit of a pedophile, obviously. I was like, I would say it's because he was gay. I no, just think that... John Wayne Gacy was not a serial killer because he was gay. But the fact that he was gay and his father rammed into him... Made him like a th- uh, called him a sissy called boy. Called him a sissy and how horrible it was to be gay warped his mind to, mm-hmm. like, punishing... He also well, had, like, a frontal lobe injury and stuff. Well, yeah, so more, a majority of them do. I will, Just to be clear, I'm not blaming the homosexuality for any serial killers. <laughs> you want to be gay, be gay, man. You, right. You lay that pipe however you want. You do what you want. You play with tacos, ladies. I don't care. But right. what I'm saying is, is that I feel like if we could talk about mental illness more, like we do today, and, like, if we could be more open about homosexuality like we're getting at, in public right. now, not quite there, but we're getting there. Right. That there would have been less; it wouldn't have been such a dark thing to have to bury inside you that makes you like warps you mentally. You know, well, right? And that's I think that's why because it was like the seventies when profiling came out because they were like, "Why are there so many serial killers?" And it's like because they can't fucking they right. don't know how to do something with their brain and they need help, but there's nobody to help them. Right. So because if you take them to get help, all you do is stick things in their frontal lobe and shock them until they're vegetable soup cans. Like, they're just... like, you straight up added, like, three things together there. (laughs) The frontal lobotomy, shock therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Just everything. They just... Well, and it's... I don't know. That's not a treatment, okay? That's not a treatment. Actually, for... That is a treatment for bipolar. 
it's not like a full electroshock therapy thing, but they actually do have a treatment for people with bipolar that they hook them up to like electro and they run electrodes through their body. And it like, if they're stuck in a depressive state or a manic state, it like re-shock sets their brain system well, to help them level out. And that's where like, but like it's I been studied understand. now. It's not like where they stick a, wad- a washcloth yes. in your mouth and just fucking electrocute the shit out of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, and I understand where like the thought process when they didn't know all this stuff, like where it came from, where it was like, well, maybe this will like, right. you know, re-stimulate the brain because neurons are neurons. Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm. but obviously it's like you also, if your finger gets stuck in an electric outlet, you die. So maybe don't just straight up electrocute people. So maybe we don't electrocute people. It's, so it's weird. Like, <laughs> it's a, well, I'm in sense there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's just very interesting how even, like, the high... It just makes me want to, like, look into all these, like, highfalutin people back in the day. <laughs> highfalutin. And, like, how fucking messed up was your life? Because all of them mm-hmm. they were so all, many secrets. And they were all and, so high on speed and, yeah. like, diet pill. Like, just... Everybody was tiny. Well, and to be fair, she was beautiful. Like, Dude, she was I didn't pretty. even show you... The picture, by the way, of Bayram. He's got a mustache. Like, she, I mean. Like, check out that stash, man. But, like, look at her. She's pretty. Oh, she's pretty. That is something. (laughs) That is. Well, and Tony. Fucking Tony. Tony was also a very good looking young guy. So then it makes you wonder, like, was she actually attracted to her Son, that's which is gross gross but like was that part of it like well she was crazy she probably wanted to bang him right that's i'm like was this something because like look at him he's i mean this is the only picture i can find of his face right this moment but mm-hmm. he's not bad looking like yeah. i don't know it was just very what are you doing out there <laughs> Okay, okay, guys. We're fucking going off the rails. Guys, guys, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. We're on Stitcher now. We are on Stitcher now. How exciting is this? Sister, we're not done. Just hold we're on. Fucking Let us recording, Caitlin. Let's just finish this. We'll do it fast. She's always fucking FaceTiming me when we record. So um we are on Stitcher now and um so, you know, you can find us and everything. Like, we got the email saying that we are officially approved and on there, so. NBD or anything, but we're on Stitcher now. I should look that up and see if anyone's listened to us on that, because they have a stats page. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, I'm going to fucking look and see. Um, but, and I'll post it with our, um, check Year's, our social media pages. We got New Year's Eve shit. <laughs> my sister, okay, I didn't answer when we were recording, so now my sister is FaceTiming Amanda, because I didn't answer her. Do you want to just tell her we're trying to close? Yeah. We are trying to finish recording. If you could not, if you could stop calling, that'd be great. You're going to be ignored. Bye bye. No, do not ignore me. We're going through a tunnel. We're going through a tunnel. I can't hear. Break it up. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, follow us on. Oh my god! Follow us on social media. We gotta get this done so that she can talk to her because she's having a hard time. Stop calling me. Um. Follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I still need to get better about that. 2020, we're going to be good. Yeah. 20 fucking 20. Maybe. Bitches. Sometime. Um, 
Uh, send us an email. We we do take constructive criticism. Let us know if there's something that's weird. And like if, if if it sounds funny, if something's weird, just tell us. But if you're a dick about it, we will make fun of you. Right. Like just if, want you to be aware. Again, constructive criticism, not just being mean. I will that's verbally stupid. annihilate you. That's stupid. <laughs> but also, if you love us, like if you want to just tell us, let us know. That'd be great. Okay, so, yeah. bye guys. Bye guys. Love Hope you. Twenty twenty is going great. See you later. Bye. Adios.